welcome everybody into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the rest of the season. Check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. It is a new week, so we have a new ride of the week to talk about, so stay tuned for that as well. But before we do any of that, let's talk about the Cowboys. And let's talk about the one word to describe the Cowboys' win today. It wasn't pretty, man. It really wasn't. Let me know what your one words are. The Cowboys, the final scoreboard was 24 to 6. The first half was not, you know, what we wanted out of the Cowboys offense specifically because the Cowboys even won the coin toss and they they decided to get the football. Usually, and you guys know this, I am a pretty numbers driven guy. I like the analytics community and all of that. That's that's my thing, but I, I did like the idea to, you know, receive the football. Usually, I am pro defer the decision, get the football in the second half. I think that's the smartest thing that you can do in a football game. But also, I kind of thought that the Cowboys were in a position to start strong, to, you know, you're getting Dak Prescott back for the first time in a while. Make sure that you exploit that. Make sure that you give some boost to the team. But the Cowboys went three and out. And then it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. Three and out, the Cowboys scored three points the entire first half. There were mistakes. There were drive-killing penalties. And the Cowboys were consistently in a position to, you know, be unsuccessful. So let's see some of your comments here. Let's see some of your words, your one word to describe the Cowboys win. Toxic Tom goes with concerning. Let's see. Uh, defense is Samuel Rowe. Effective, says Craig. I like that one. Uh, enough, says Bruce. Hey, that is true. Enough. Sketchy for Joey Vela. Fortunate, says uh, T. Phelps. Shout out for Bruce. It was literally a, a shout out in the second half at least. Defense for Gregory Fulton over at Facebook. Let's see. Let's go, says Tommy915. Tommy's, Tommy's hyped right now. Shout out to Peter Rizzo. Shout out to Todd in the Facebook chat as well. Craig. Luis Nieto as well. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining the show. Progress for Todd. I'm going to go with hard fought. I know. The, I know that's more or less two words, but hyphenated compound words count as one. So that, that's valid. Hard fought for the Cowboys. Because in the second half, they showed up, especially the defense, especially the defense. Let's talk about that for a moment here before we get into the rest of the game. You know what I love? When you kind of struggle to find a defensive player of the week because there are so many to choose from, Michael Parsons might not light up the stat sheet, but he had himself a game, even though I think, and I want to confirm this once the snap counts are out. I just checked if they were out. Uh, they were not. But I feel like Michael Parsons played way less in this game and it might have had to do with what we talked about during the week. I thought that Michael Parsons was going to get a shot at playing linebacker a lot on this game. That was not the case. Michael Parsons played 
almost exclusively as a defensive lineman, which has been mostly the case this season for the Cowboys defense. However, we did see a lot more from Dorrance Armstrong. We saw a lot more from Sam Williams, and we'll get into Sam Williams in a few moments here on the show. I'm sure of it. But what I mean by this is I think that Dan Quinn made that decision by design. I think that Michael Parsons played a little bit less because he wanted bigger defensive, defensive ends out there to match up to the Lions' run game physicality. And that, that, that was a massive win from that point of view. Uh, it wasn't pretty at times. And the Cowboys allowed some big plays here and there from the Lions' offense. There were some big gainers by, the, by Jared Goff and company's unit. However, they weren't out physical, I believe, in this game. And that's huge. That's what the Cowboys wanted to build after getting destroyed by the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs, even if the scoreboard didn't read that way. The Cowboys were pretty much punched in the mouth in January. So the Cowboys wanted to bounce back from that. They wanted to uh, build a more physical defensive unit. And I thought that this was a very good measuring stick for that. The Lions might not be the most perfect team in the world. They have a losing record. They're not going anywhere, but they do have a physical offensive line. And to see the Cowboys match up to that and play to that level, I thought was special. And I thought it was very important and very relevant that Micah was not pushed to linebacker instead of, you know, Instead, Dan Quinn decided, let's leave Leighton Vanderich in there and let's leave Anthony Barr in there. So he trusted his linebackers over moving Michael Parsons from the defensive line to the box. And I thought that was relevant. And we might confirm this storyline once the snap counts come out, but it did feel to me like Michael Parsons had some rests here and there. And I think that Vanderich is playing good. I think that Anthony Barr is also doing it like, you know, uh, quite well. And I know that Leighton Vanderich will get some hate. Craig says Leighton Vanderich still looks lost. I really don't think that is the case. I wouldn't put him in a conversation, you know, with Shaquille Leonard and Fred Warner and all of those guys. I wouldn't put him in that conversation at all. But Leighton Vanderich has been pretty decent for the Dallas football Cowboys, to be honest. Barry Fish says some saying that Roquan Smith is who we need. Those same people say that we need Jason Peters. Now they say that Peters is garbage. Man, Jason Peters and the Cowboys offensive line did leave me a little bit concerned. We'll talk about that more in a few moments here on the show. I don't think that Leighton Vanderish is an issue. And I think that uh, Todd here is what we what he means as well in the, in the Facebook chat. He says he isn't an issue at all. It's her defensive tackles on the defensive ends, not setting the edge. And setting the edge was going to be huge on this game. And in the big gainers that the Lions were able to put together, I thought that was pretty much the problem. They were able to run outside in some of these moments. And that's why Dan Quinn wanted bigger defensive ends out there. And that's maybe why Michael Parsons didn't play that much. That being said, Michael Parsons had some moments in which he looked like the flash out there. And we know about Micah's speed. That's not anything new for the Cowboys and for Cowboys fans. However, I think this was a game in which he was caught a little bit off balance at times, and he was put in a position in which he was able to recover and show up that lightning speed that he has. And it was impressive. And there was no better example of this 
than stopping the Lions at the one-yard line in a play in which most players would have given up on the play. Micah didn't. He, you know, sped through everybody. He got to the Lions player, brought him down at the one-yard line, and that gave the Cowboys an opportunity to force a fumble the following play. The Marcus Lawrence forced a fumble, and he kept the Lions from scoring even three points because he took the ball away. That was one of the most impressive sequences for this defense. But then you look at everybody here. You look at every player on the Cowboys' defense. Uh, Donovan Wilson had a sack. Micah Parsons had one sack and a forced fumble towards the end of the game. Armstrong had himself a sack of his own. Sam Williams showed up. Trayvon Diggs with an interception. The same for uh, Jordan Lewis, who hopefully is okay. We'll learn more about his injury uh, later in the week. So my question for me to you, and this is a tough one, and some of you might even go ahead and say that you guys have a, a, a player on offense, but who was your primetime performer of the game? This was not an easy one at all to come up with. It was not an easy. Who was your primetime performer of the game? I feel like you pretty much can go with anybody on defense. You could go with even some players on offense, but who was your primetime performer of the game let me know in the comments. Let me know what you guys think about this one. I've got mine. Uh, Pollard, says Craig. Pollard had some insane numbers, so I like that answer. 6.9 yards per carry for Tony Pollard. Barry says, I hate to say it, but Ezekiel Elliott, man, Zeke might not have the, the numbers to back that up, but he had the moments, so I don't hate it from Barry. I think that that's a good answer even though it will be an unpopular one probably sam williams for todd who else here uh pollard on offense says clay cup paul says pollard seek sam williams for asmodeus pollard who else uh toxic tom says mike mccarthy's for getting kellen moore's ass about it. come on man <laughs> sam williams or seek says bruce joey bella with sam williams dan queens is very fish Hey, I've got some thoughts on that later, but I did go with a player for this one. So let's get to it. My primetime performer of the game had to be the rookie. He had It had to be Sam Williams. And I get it. He might not, you know, he might not have had that big of an impact since he didn't play that much when you compare his snaps to other players on defense. But his numbers are enough for me to get him this award. Two tackles for loss for Sam Williams. Two sacks. One forced fumble and a fumble recovery on the same play. And that was pretty much the one that sealed the deal. The Cowboys were already up by two possessions, 17 to 6. And then Sam Williams eliminated every possibility for the Detroit Lions. But taking it up upon himself to take the football away from Jared Goff. Sam Williams was light out on Sunday. And I think that he played more because of what we've been talking about. Dan Quinn wanted to set the edge like the Patriots did a couple of weeks ago versus this very Lions team, and he succeeded. But what was more impressive than all of that probably was his first sack of the game in which that wasn't Sam Williams being unblocked 
as the opposing offensive line centered its attention around Micah Parsons or around Marcus Lawrence. That was Sam Williams bidding his blocker and bidding him emphatically to get to the quarterback. I've been impressed with how Sam Williams has played so far this season, and I have been impressed at his technique specifically. We knew about the power, we knew about the athleticism, but Sam Williams has a lot of you know, moves in his toolbox to continue to win in the NFL. And he's developing into a very nice player. Shout out to him. Sam Williams is William Anthony. He showed up to play. I've been screaming this since day one, bro. This is very... Let's see. Hender shot for Jason Renfro. Junior Carrillo says, we need to use Turpin on more sweeps and screens. Let's see. Sick. Said Mr. Jab, that was his player of the week. Dexter Williams is Pollard, a better back, more explosive. And I do think something, though, about the running back conversation. I do think that we spent a lot of time on arguing on who should be the starting running back for the Cowboys. I think we got what we wanted from the Cowboys coaching staff on that front. On a lot of other fronts, no, we have not gotten what we want. Like, right? We, we still have complaints about Kellen Moore. We have complaints about uh, McCarthy and a lot of other things. But if we're narrowing it down to the running back usage, this is what we wanted. This is that balance that we were asking for. Pollard and Sig, the one-two punch. So I think that I'm fine with how they've used them for sure. I like it. I do think that there's some important value for Sig as a pass protector because if Pollard cannot get to that level, it's difficult to, to overtake Ezekiel Elliott in snaps, right? Samuel Rose says, balance? Nah, bench sick. But why would you, right? I, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. Third and one, I probably would still get, you know, sick in there to get that third and one. And then I probably would not trust Tony Pollard on third and 12 if I want to run four verticals and get a check down in there. And I know what you're thinking. Why would you want to check down or, or on third and 12? But, you know, if you're running a play like four verticals, that kind of stuff matters because he might as well move the chains. And I think that's a problem for, for Pollard still. And I love Pollard. Do not get me wrong. We had that play, the Cowboys had that play in which Pollard was able to line up as a halfback and then you had Ezekiel Elliott as a fullback and then Sick was the one to move the chains. And then the touchdowns for the Cowboys, specifically the first one, not, not the first one, towards the end of the game, you had Tony Pollard in motion and then the Cowboys handing it off to Sick. And then the Cowboys did it again because they moved the chains. Uh, it was third and one. They got first and goal with Ezekiel Elliott trying to fly into the end zone. Didn't get it, but he did move the chains. And then they run the same play. And then later in the game, they came back to that same concept with the same formation, Tony Pollard being in motion once more. And then it was play action to Peyton Hander shot, touchdown the rookie. It was a fun moment. I do want to see more of those plays in which Pollard and Seek are on the field together and you get Pollard in motion. I think that's pretty interesting, especially for a goal line situation like the Cowboys were in, in that moment. 
O-line isn't getting the push on third and once is Timothy Harrison. I will tell you what. I will tell you what. I'm not about to abandon the Tyler Smith bandwagon or anything like that. I'm not about to abandon the Terrence Steele love that we've been on over the last few weeks. I will say, though, this game might have been a little bit of a warning sign. This game might have been a little bit of a reality check that, you know, Tyler Smith, he can still win in the NFL. Terrence Steele is still a very physical blocker that can take over some games, especially in the run game. But they're not finished products. And that remains somewhat of a question mark for Dallas. And it was not a coincidence, in my opinion, that the first time with Dak Prescott back and with the Cowboys trying to do a little bit more on offense, you saw still struggle in some scenarios and Tyler Smith doing the same. And Aiden Hutchinson taking them both to town, getting a sack off of each of them. I think it was not a coincidence. I'm not hating on them. I'm just saying when the Cowboys start to do more on offense, that means more pass pro situations, more one-on-one -on -one looks for the offensive tackles. And today was a reminder that that is not a, an answered question yet. The Cowboys still have some things to figure out on offensive line. And I thought this was a perfect reality check for the Cowboys on that front. Because I, for one, I was all in on Tyler Smith already. I was thinking to myself, you know what? Tyler is pretty, pretty damn good. And he is, don't get me wrong, but this was a, a reminder that, that are that are still some growing pains to get through for sure. Toxic Tom says, Mo, when was the last time that we didn't start off slow? That's been an issue for the Cowboys, especially in afternoon games. Bob Storm has written a lot about those on The Athletic. And, you know, it seems almost like a tradition now for the Cowboys to start slow on noon games. So uh, Toxic Tom does have a point in there for sure. Tommy says, I hated the play calls on third and ones. Don't run east to west when you only need a yard. I'll never understand the hate on LV is a six to midnight. I won't either. Uh, maybe I would understand it in the, in the sense that he wasn't a popular draft pick when he was taking the first round in 2018. And then he had this rough kind of slump maybe that earned him some hate. And then people have not been able to look past that, I think. Because right now, LVE has played good football. He might not be in the conversation to be elite. He might not even get to very good. But he's playing some good football, honestly. Reginald says, did you did watch the game you watched? Says Reginald Armstrong balled out. Um, I don't have anything against Durant Armstrong. Or I don't know if this was a, you know, an answer to somebody else. But yeah, Durant Armstrong was good. Was good today, for sure. Another player that deserves some love. The entire Cowboys defense. I, you, you cannot really leave anybody out. Darren Armstrong had one sack, one tackle for a loss, one quarterback hit. So good game from him, for sure. Now, let's talk a little bit about the offense. Because I know that's some of our concerns. Is the slow start, speaking of slow starts, I actually had this question loaded up for you. Is the slow start a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Because I will tell you, I will tell you, if you went by Cowboys Twitter 
you might have thought that Dak Prescott was playing like absolute crap out there on the field. When in reality, he wasn't, man. Is low start a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Let me know what you guys think in the chat. And while you do that, and before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the new 2023 Mazda CX-50 Carbon Edition. You got to love this one. Look at the picture. Look at the picture of it. It is a badass vehicle. It starts at $41,730. It's got all-wheel drive, sunroof, Wi-Fi hotspot, adaptive cruise control, hands-free lift gate, which is a game changer, and a miles per gallon capacity of 23 in the city. This one goes up to 24 when you are 29, excuse me, when you are in the highway. So make sure that you check out the CX50 Carbon Edition over at freemanmazda.net. It is a very nice vehicle. Check out the inside pictures of it, the outside pictures of it. And when you get into the website, you can even check out some financing options in there on the website without having to call or anything like that. Uh, it is a very friendly interface. So make sure that you check it out over at freemanmazda.net. When you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Let's see some of your comments here. Slow starts, penalties, lack of creativity on offense. What has changed, Mo? Toxic, you do know the Cowboys play in the NFL. You do know that it is kind of rough out there. Now, I will tell you that I'm not happy about, you know, how the Cowboys offense played and everything, but I don't know, Toxic. I think that you are, you are, you know, giving your username some justice out there. Massive deal. Joey Bellas is big. Jamal Hit goes with small deal. Big deal for Peter Rizzo. Small, it's still regular season, says Bruce. Big deal for Asmodeus. Small deal for Jason Renfro. Very big deal for Alex Flores. Todd Moran says the slow start was 100% about the Lions changing their entire front seven scheme. Mauricio, show the chat my profile picture. Oh, show the chat my profile picture. There you go. That's Kellen Moore on Boise State. Shout out to Joey Bella for sure. I will tell you what. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. I'm not going to act like I am overly concerned about where the Cowboys offense is at, because if you look at it closely, I don't think that this was worse than bad situational football. And that is bad. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be talked about or anything like that. But Dak Prescott was getting killed out there on social media when don't tell anybody just yet. But he had somewhat of a decent day. It wasn't pretty at times. It wasn't a pretty first half. And spe specifically, I will say this. I think that Dak Prescott was too eager to make some plays today. I thought that we were going to see some eager throws. I thought that we were going to see Dak Prescott, you know, a little bit too excited with a little bit too much juice on some of his footballs. That wasn't necessarily the case. I thought that physically speaking, he was spot on. But I think that at times... He wanted to force the big plays when they weren't there. And I think back at that fourth drive of the game when Terrence Steele started off the drive with a full start penalty. And then there was a 
gained by Ferguson. And then it was called back with a an illegal blocking in the back, called on Noah Brown. And then suddenly you were on second and 20. And then that turned into third and 20. In those two plays, Dak Prescott was trying to force some downfield throws that were not there at all. He was throwing it into double coverage. So that's what I did not like about Dak Prescott's outing today. But I thought that it got significantly better in the second half. And Dak Prescott had a 76% completion rate. He had a very positive outing in EPA per play, in total EPA, in yards per attempt, A dot, whatever you want to, to go check. But the Cowboys did approach this one with a conservative game plan, which is more or less what we expected to see. We just thought that even a conservative game plan would work out versus a Lions defense that came into this game as a 32nd graded defense in DBOA. But in short, I think that my biggest concern will be that the Cowboys did get a little bit pushed around in the trenches, and that's never good. So I will say a small deal with the, I will say a big deal with the potential of becoming a small deal pretty quickly. Let's see. Let's see here. What do you guys have to say? Uh, Troy says, I am not worried about our defense. Francisco says Dak will get his rhythm back. I think I think that will happen. I think that will happen. Toxic Thompson, over the last seven weeks, look at the offense. Over the last seven weeks, though, let's be fair here. I'm not putting too much weight on anything that happened with Cooper Rush on their quarterback. I'm going back to 2021, though, and pointing towards the slow starts for sure. Yeah. I'm just saying over the last seven weeks, there are two that matter the most to me. And that are, and those are the two that the Cowboys played with an actual starting quarterback in. And those two were not pretty. I will give you that. But it's also not a very big sample size. And in the NFL, you need that sample size, I believe. I'm not going to lie to you, though. I probably would take these offense any day over the Tampa Bay Bucs offense and the Green Bay Packers offense right now. The NFC East, not great. Six to Midnight says, what are you talking about? Slow start, meaning the start of the game, right? Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, I don't know if Six to Midnight, I don't know if you're talking to me though or not. Sometimes I get lost in the YouTube conversations that, that you guys have there and in the Facebook chat as well. Todd says, pushed around is not the right take. It's about how teams attacked our scheme and how we try to block a front who we saw slant on film who played a gap control in the game. Now, Todd, we did talk about this during the week, so I know what you mean. I do think that the Cowboys' offensive line, though, was beaten in several reps. And, you know, the All-22 will come out later in the week, and we'll dive into it and all of that. I don't know. I do think that this was a some, somewhat of a rough game for the Cowboys' offensive line, though. I'm not going to say that they were beating every single rep, but, yeah, I do think that they were they were pushed around here and there. Aiden Hutchinson completely destroying turn steal, and then Tyler Smith in there had a good game. Aiden Hutchinson did that. That guy is fun. Not going to lie to you, but yeah, I think that Dak is getting some bad rap. I think that he had a decent game. I think that you know when we look at this game with a cooler head, we'll kind of realize that. But anyways, I want to move on before we get out of here to the play of the game and the heck yeah list. For those of you who are new here, I do have this segment every sun, every Sunday night when the Cowboys play a game in the afternoon or in at or at noon, excuse me. 
And we have a heck yeah list, which is maybe three or two bullet points that we didn't get to that we want to mention. So we'll get to that in a few moments here. But I cannot wait for the old 22 to talk about this play. So hear me out here. I, I want to talk a little bit about this one because I thought it was exciting. This is third and 12th with the Cowboys leading the game already, 10 to 6 specifically. And the Detroit Lions are trying to put together a comeback drive. This is third and 12th, but I love this blitz design by Dan Quinn. It might not be as easy to see because it's a TV angle, but I'll try to walk you through what, uh, what I am seeing. The Cowboys have essentially what is a five-man front on defense because Leighton Van Der Esch, sure, he's standing up, standing up and all of that. He starts off as a mic, and then he walks up to the line of scrimmage in order to mug the center. So he's threatening that A-gap between the right guard and the center. Michael Parsons is going to go outside the offensive tackle. And then Oza and the Marcus Lawrence are lined up to the right of Leighton Van Der Rich. They're going to take their blockers outside. Meanwhile, Fowler is going to stunt to the inside of the Detroit Lions offensive line. To be specific, he's going to go all the way into the A-gap. That's a long way. In short, Fowler is actually kind of jumping two gaps on that play to get to the quarterback. But the reason he's able to get there so quickly, and by the way, this is the Jordan Lewis interception. This is the Jordan Lewis interception. And I think that this pressure design is what cost it. Fowler is going to get there so easily because Osa and Lawrence are taking their guys out of the play. The right tackle ends up blocking pretty much no one. And Van Der Esch is going to engage with his guard, with the right guard. And then he's going to, like, he's going to tread an inside. He's going to make him respect him. And then he's going to take the right guard outside. And that just clears up the path for Dante Fowler. This is a second shot of the play. Oza is trying to occupy space. Lawrence is taking his man outside of the play. And Fowler has just a clear path to Jared Goff. He doesn't get there. He doesn't sack him. He doesn't even hit him, I think. But man, this was such a fun look from Dan Quinn's defense. The way that he's used, and I think we have not talked about this enough, but this is not the first time that he uses Leighton Van Der Esch in several pressure packages. And we were just talking about how valuable Vanderich has been. This is also a reason why he's been sent as a dog in multiple plays. So look at Fowler. Look at where Fowler starts the play. He's a guy with the right arrow here on the, on the picture that you're watching. And then look at where he ends up. He's going to the inside, pretty much unblocked, pulls off a rip move, and he gets in Jared Goff's face. Goff. Ends up throwing the play. And I don't have the video. Maybe we can see this one in video when the old 22 comes out. And then Golf throws the football into the waiting arms of Jordan Lewis. I thought that was a pretty fun game. Let's see. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Six to midnight says, I think that you can win that way as long as you don't turn the ball over and play clean football. Our defense can keep us in every game. I believe that. I agree. And listen, 
there were some plays here and there in which the Cowboys got kind of burned. But those are the Detroit Lions. Those are the Detroit Lions. Chris Johnson disagrees with me. He says, Mo, stop the cap. LV ain't it. Well, maybe he's not him. Maybe he's not among those linebackers. I wouldn't say that. But he's been pretty decent. I think sometimes we have these wild expectations for every single player on the Cowboys being required to be an old pro. I don't think that Leighton Vanderich is that, but I think that he's pretty decent. I think he is decent enough that when Dan Queen took Parsons out of the game because he wanted bigger defensive ends in there, he didn't replace Vanderich and he didn't replace Barr because he likes them and he has enough respect for those two linebackers to say, you know what, I'm actually not going to play Parsons at linebacker when I want bigger defensive ends there. I'm just going to take him out altogether, give him some rest, and trust LVE and Bar to take care of things. All right. Todd says, LVE has been solid. Chris says, Diggs got another one. I thought it was going to be overturned. I, I thought it was going to be overturned. It wasn't. Uh, I was surprised by that. But maybe he did have his hand in there, and maybe it was... Uh, enough of a question for it to not be overturned. So respect to Trayvon and respect to Jordan Lewis for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, what is on your head, yeah, list? Let me know. What's one bullet point or two bullet points that you want to shout out before we get out of here on game day's edition of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime? By the way, do me a favor and hit the thumbs up if you haven't while you think of your heck yeah list what bullet point do you want to get in there? But in the meantime, also hit the thumbs up. There is nothing, nothing, nothing like hitting that thumbs up. There's That's the biggest thing that you can do to support the channel. Toxic Tom says the Astros, heck yeah. Damn, Toxic. Not going to lie. I am sad about that one. I am sad about that one. Chris says the desk caught it. Oh, there you go. There you go. Looking forward for Bland to get some time. This is chalk. Might happen with Jordan Lewis's injury for sure. Let's see. What's on your heck yeah list? Here's mine. Here's mine for the game. Peyton Handler shot. Getting his first touchdown of his career. That was a pretty fun play. Tony Pollard averaging 6.9 yards per carry. And then Trevon Diggs. We were talking about Trevon Diggs interceptions. At this pace, Trevon Diggs would have seven picks this season. 7.2 something. We can round that down to, to seven picks over the course of a 17-game season. Because he has three true seven games. So, you know, Trevon is getting himself quite a bit takeaways quite a bit of takeaways and he's been doing that while playing way better coverage Asmodeus says D-Law causing that foot, that fumble on the goal line Todd says Schultz was solid big catches when we needed them actually Dalton Schultz was targeted five times and he had five receptions number 86 does have some chemistry with Dak Prescott He's been getting healthier. I thought that he was going to go down injured on that catch. And by the way, that was an absolute dime 
by Dak Prescott. That pass in which Dalton Schultz went down a little bit awkwardly and it seemed like he was going to get out of the game injured, right? Michael says, thoughts on Tyler Smith's performance? That's one that I want to review in the old 22, but I will say that, uh, and we talked about this earlier in the show in case you missed it. I think this was sort of a warning game in which we kind of realized, oh, right, he still has a long way to go. And there will be growing pains. And he's definitely a guy that's been getting, you know, some tough results in the past pro world. Still something that he needs to improve on for sure. Jason says, Sam Williams is based in this game, WWE style. I thought he was going to get flagged, Jason. I thought he was. I was nervous about that one. Jameson says, great win for the Cowboys. Let's see. Draft and develop is looking good, says Chris. A lot of players, young players are doing well. Tyler is getting his education. I'm good with that, says Troy. Yeah, I'm good with that as well. I'm not saying that the Cowboys need to, you know, shuffle things around or anything like that. Uh, he's earned that respect for sure. But yeah, it, it was just a reminder that he's not there yet and the Cowboys still need to keep that in mind as they go forward. Anyways, Toxic Thompson's mole up, seeing our rookies showing up. Heck yeah. Man, not going to lie. I thought that Jalen Tolbert was going to be the biggest contributor of this draft class other than Tyler Smith. That was a lock to start, even if we thought that it would come as a left guard. But the fact that Tyler Smith is huge for this team right now, Sam Williams is huge for the Cowboys, Tolbert not, but Jake Ferguson is. Daron Bland might be called upon you know, a bigger role next week already. Then you get Hendershot in there. It's crazy. It's crazy the amount of rookies that are being asked to step up and how many of them are actually, you know, getting, living up to the call. How did Pittsburgh score to six to midnight? Did they score? Let's go. Let's go. We've got, uh, I'm not going to lie. I've got a Steelers ticket plus seven and a half. I know that they're not covering the spread right now, but I, I need them to. I need them to cover that spread, even if it's a backdoor cover. By the way, we nailed the under on betting the Cowboys, so there, there's a mosquito flying around here. I'm sorry. We nailed the under 49 points, so we are going to move up to 6-1 and one on betting the Cowboys. We've only lost one bet this season. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you. I will see you on... Monday night, I will see you tomorrow. Do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream. If you're new, subscribe, of course, but mostly hit the thumbs up. That's what gets this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And we have fun here on Prime Time every night at 8 p.m. Central. I'm excited to talk about what's next here. Damon Clark coming back as Chris Johnson. Exactly, man. Exactly. That's another guy that can earn a bigger role pretty quickly. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. I'm not even going to say that I am hoping for a epic series comeback for the Yankees, but I do hope so. You know, sports, it ain't over till till it a sorry, it ain't over till it's over. Until mañana. Hasta luego.
Prime Time, brought to you by FreemanMazda.net. Make sure you check out the ride of the week. Nos vemos. Adiós.